0: RadioInfluence.com.
1: All righty, another edition of the Rock Stops Here podcast. We're talking a little baseball, but not just baseball, baseball and football. My guest is a baseball landlist. He was a general manager in Major League Baseball with the New York Mets. He's been on TV and radio and on digital as a baseball landlist. Uh, he's, he's been mired in some controversy. I'll get into that a little bit afterwards, but he is very, very good at what he does. And that's why he continually gets gigs at the highest level. I'm talking about Steve Phillips. You remember when Steve Phillips was the general manager for the New York Mets, he worked his way up to that position. Um, and then Got into broadcasting. He was on ESPN, Baseball Tonight, their biggest show. And they really, 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 really were all in on uh, covering baseball. Besides, you know, just having baseball games on. Um, He lost both gigs. And he rebounded. And I caught up with him at the Trop. He was doing his work for MLB Network Radio which is on Sirius XM radio. Uh, He was there with Xavier Scruggs that day. Xavier's already been on the rock stops here podcast. And so like, how did he make it to the top? How has he been able to revive his career? You know, Um, he's a baseball insider for MLB network. There's been many of days where I'm sitting at Tropicana field up in the press box or I'm, I'm getting ready with my, uh, my gear to go down on the field and I'll look up. And they always have uh, MLB Network playing at the Trop. And there's times where I'll see him. I'm seeing him. He's doing talkbacks. He's there. He's out in the field. He's, you know, uh, he's, he's continued to stay at the highest level when it comes to broadcasting. He was actually a football player first. He'll get into that. And then on the other side, I'll update you on what's going on with us, our family. Um, and just just media coverage, you know, where do you where do you get your information? Be it news, be it sports, be it your weather, be it uh, what you want to know, what the hell is going on. So I got a lot of ground to cover. We'll hang, but let me welcome in. Here he is, baseball landlist, MLB network. He's a baseball insider, TSN, MLB Radio network. Steve Phillips. All right, I am with the very successful Steve Phillips, former general manager. Once he got into broadcasting, he just kept on climbing that ladder. He is still crushing, looking just fantastic. How are you, Steve?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, You've been in baseball for a long, long time, and I've always said spring training. Now, you're here at the Trop. This is an unusual spring training, but... I love spring training. I think everybody is in just a good mood. Everybody thinks they have a chance. You've been at spring training for so long. Do you still love it, Steve?
0: Yeah, I think that that for every team, know there's a sense of hope and expectation in the future and the present and so and plus it's just you know getting through the winter time hearing the crack of the bats and the thud of the glove you know brings us back to the joy and love of the game and so yeah spring is great tough time to evaluate talent sometimes because uh you know people are getting ready for the season instead of you know executing their pitches and necessarily doing things the way they might normally do it but it is a fun time to see some of the veterans and some of the young kids as well
1: Baseball, I don't know, maybe more than other sports. Everybody just those that work in it really seem to. Everybody knows everybody. Do you find that is that true, Steve?
0: Yeah, I think there's a there is a fraternity. There's no question, and and you know it feels like once you get in you're sort of in and and people will know you and there's that and then there's the stories that people share you know everybody's got a story about somebody that everybody else knows uh, and baseball players are some of the best storytellers there are and so yeah so there is a camaraderie and a friendship and a connection that the game brings everybody
1: Now for you growing up, I believe that you were a football player and even had a scholarship. Was there a time when you thought that maybe football was going to be your thing, Steve?
0: So yeah, so out of high school, I had signed a letter of intent to play football at Northwestern University. In fact, Denny Green was coaching there, uh, who later went out to the Vikings, obviously the Arizona Cardinals, and and it was his first year there. So I had signed to play football there, then got drafted by the Mets and then gave up the, the scholarship to pursue baseball just every off season, got a semester of school in ultimately graduating from University of Michigan. I grew up in Detroit and so, uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, you know, I knew I wasn't gonna be an NFL player, but I always wonder about the path if he had gone in a different direction, but. But I'm glad that I signed to play in the minor leagues, and it's led to a career after that.
1: Yeah. Now, how about that? The minor leagues. There's so many. I get so many go, oh, I used to throw 90. Oh, if it wasn't for this. And I mean, it's the best in the world. And it's one of the hardest sports. So many years to continue to be better than everybody to make it to the major
0: leagues. When did you When did you think, Steve, okay, maybe, maybe it's not going to happen? So I was a fifth-round draft pick, and so I was a fairly high draft pick. But... You know, as I started to get into it, I realized that, that uh, I might have had the physical skills to be a major league player, but, but I didn't have the mental capacity. I was one that was a perfectionist failure when you fail seven out of 10 times and you have to be able to cope with that. I didn't deal real well with that. I was an over trier and overthinker, And so, uh, uh, so I was, I was more wired to be in a front office than I was on, on the field as a player. Uh, but you know, I mean, I don't think you ever really know, you know, who you are as a player. When I, when I got uh, done playing and got into the front office, one of the first things I did is I went and looked at all the scouting reports on myself and I realized that I might've been delusional compared to what the scouting report said, I thought I was still more of a prospect than they did at a time. You know, they looked at me as more of a good organizational guy and somebody that could maybe help the organization in the future. Uh, but, you know, I realized that once I got released after seven years in the minor leagues, I got offers to go back and play at Double A and I thought, you know what, I know I'm just filling out a roster spot for the real prospects to play and figured I'd go back and get, finish up my education and move on with my life.
1: Interesting, now to go to be a general manager, that's somewhat unusual coming off the field. Was that a path? Did you want to go in the front office or not coaching?
0: Well, you know, there was a period of time where the front office really, there were former players, you know, the Bob Watsons of the world and people like that. And so, uh, and I was sort of a transition where I was, you know, academics was really important to me uh, and I was a good student. And so I was sort of a hybrid where I, you know, I had sort of the, the academic capacity, but also the, the experience on the field. And it was just when there was starting to be a transition where maybe they were looking at different types of executives when I got the job. I was young, I think I was like 33, 34 when I got the job. Uh, Jim Bowden had uh, been a general manager at the time, Brian Cashman had been one. And so um, so I was sort of part of that wave of the transition from the on-field guys to more academics, but felt like you know I had the experience of having played to understand what players go through, where I was a prospect and then a suspect, and then working in the minor leagues, You know, I I was a minor league director and then an assistant general manager. That ultimately led me to have the experience to be a general manager.
1: Now, when you make the move to broadcasting, there are a lot of guys that it's hard to, I won't want to say criticize, but when guys are not playing well, you got to tell the truth. Yet,
0: you know some of these guys. Did you have to go through that experience? So, yeah, it's interesting that, that I've never had a hesitation to talk about if I disagreed with something or it was if thought it was a bad play or anything else, I would always try to explain what the player or the executive or the manager was thinking, but this is what I would have done. Uh, and so I never really had any problems with doing it. And I didn't want to get back into a front office to where I felt like I had to tiptoe through things because I needed to maintain relationships. I just I just said what I thought and said it in a way that you can criticize something but not make it personal. And so I've never really had any issues where people have taken offense to anything that I've said.
1: All right, last two. There's been a lot of changes this spring going into this season. Number 1, obviously, the pitch the you know, the pitch clock. Do you like all the changes, some of the changes. What do you think, Steve?
0: Yeah, no, I like them all. I think it's, it's what the game needs. Uh, the pace of play is much improved already in spring training. We're going to get more action with banning the shift. We're more runners on base, and then obviously with more base stealing, which is an exciting aspect of the game too. And so I think that every change, you know, I heard somebody say that, that whoever came up with the pitch timer should go to the Hall of Fame. Well, I, I honestly think these changes for the game are going to be Rob Manfred's legacy. To get him to the hall of fame these are going to be dramatic improvements for the game that i think we're going to look back on and think it was the absolute right thing to do
1: last question i ask everybody you probably get hit you've made it to the top in major league baseball you've now made it to the top and been able to stay in the broadcasting field what steve would be the
0: best piece of advice you could give someone young yeah i think just perseverance I, you know i i You know, you're going to be told no, you're going to get knocked down, you're going to have failures. And I think in the end, you just got to keep picking yourself up and and fighting and and hope that you can, you know, just keep that hope there that keep pursuing that opportunity. So I think perseverance more than anything.
1: All right. I appreciate you doing that, Steve. Um, You know, I didn't want to really, you know, he was doing me a favor really by doing the podcast. And I wanted to really pick his brain because about baseball, about rules, about his career. You know what I mean? Making it to the top. And he's really, since I've been doing the Rock Stops Here podcast, he is the first guest that I've had that has had two major controversies. It's out in public. It's public knowledge. You can Google it. He he admits to have having had a sex addiction. And he got himself into trouble with the Mets, and the Mets let him go, and then years later, ESPN got himself into trouble again with the sex addiction, and was let go. And you know these are high-profile jobs: ESPN, MLB Network, MLB Radio Network. These are these are you know you're representing the net. You're representing the Major League Baseball you know, and he admitted it. It, 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 he went to a dark place. He lost his marriage, you know, his wife, all that. And came back though, came back. And it shows you he must be damn good at his job. You know, that's the way I look at it. And he was good to me and he knows his stuff. And there was one day where I was watching, uh, it was Joe Madden. One of my all-time favorites is Joe Madden, the former manager of the Chicago Cubs, uh, Angels, Tampa Bay Rays. Joe Madden, is I hold in such high regard, not only what he's done in baseball, taking the Cubs to the World Series and breaking the curse and winning The Cubs winning the World Series, turning the Tampa Bay lowly Devil Rays with a low payroll and in the AL East with the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and being able to spend like they spend and taking the lowly Devil Rays to the World Series and just what a good man he is. And Joe's starting to do some work at MLB Network. Now, I ran into him a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, we'll see how it goes. It's not like he wants to be full-time as a an analyst. That really wasn't in the cards. He's not really missing it quite yet, being out of baseball. But he did a thing uh, with Steve Phillips, and he's like, Steve, he started, how are you? Good to see you. And it really sounded like it was genuine, like he liked Steve Phillips. And I'm like, if Joe Madden, think steve phillips is a good man that you know what steve millips there you go and we all have uh problems nobody is perfect nobody including tim tebow right no one including probably even tony dungy another one that i hold in such high regard we all have some type of issues vices all of us all of us his was public especially with you know, having a relationship with a 22-year-old staffer and you're married, you know, and it gets out in, in the public and, you know, you're going to lose your gig because, again, high profile. But that, that, so there was no need for me to get into that with him. We were standing at the trot. I just went over to him. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do marvel at him being able to stay at these great, 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 great jobs. And there you go. And we'll move on from that. We'll move on from that. Now, speaking of... Baseball. 162 regular season games, the longest grind of a season by far of any of the major uh, sports. And I was just thinking if if they were starting today to put together rules to put together games, schedules, do you think that they would they would come out with 162 games? not including how damn long spring training is. I think it's too long. I do. Now, I know that uh, I've talked to pitching coaches over the years, longtime baseball people. They really believe that pitchers need that long of spring training to stretch out their arms. I don't believe position players need as long as they do for spring training. I really don't. It does take a while to get your timing down to try to hit live pitching, Uh, fielding. Come on, come on. And it isn't like the old days where guys would just get into shape when they would come to spring training. I remember an old timer telling me that Lou Piniella, even Lou Piniella, they'd make sure they get a little bit of a tan uh, before spring training, you know once they reported the spring training because if you're out of shape or if you're a little bit on the heavy side, you look thinner and better with a tan than being pasty white being up north. Am I right? I remember one time Lupinella's told he said, you know I got in shape. No, I, I was playing uh, racquetball at uh, Yogi Berra's son had a had a racquetball facility up in New New Jersey. And, and I had a guy that I knew, that knew Lou. And he's like, yeah, he played a little bit. He wasn't playing all the time. I mean, come on, da 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 But my point is, it's such just a long season. And, you know, uh, do you watch, do you, do, do, do you, do you follow, do you watch every single game of your team? Now, if I'm on Sports Talk Radio daily, And I have to have a talk show daily or I had a uh, podcast that was daily. Like they have this locked on podcast or believe if that's your team. All right. That's what I'm doing for my gig. I'm going to watch every single day, but I can't follow nine innings every day, every game. And I know there are some fans that do. I just, I got things going on, man. I can't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Now, football. Once a week, 17 regular NFL games. Uh, I'm not missing my team. I'm not missing that Sunday or Monday or Thursday night. Or it's going to be Black Friday now. Whenever, it's almost every night of the week. You know what I mean? Hockey's a little different. NBA. NBA, do you really watch an entire season, every game? Come on now. But... I think, and I was trying to think of which sport does the announcer, does the play-by-play guy come into into, uh, importance more. I would think it's baseball, only because it is. Nine innings, 162 games. And you know, come hell or high water, that voice. If I get in the car, I'm doing an errand, game is on, boom. You know, you might be doing something around the house. You want to hear the game. Okay, boom. You know, or on TV every night. It's so regionalized baseball. You got to have that. I saw the other day that Joe Buck. Now, I know a lot of you cannot stand Joe Buck. I know. I I know. I got one of my best friends can't stand him. I I don't mind him at all. I think he's very good. And I think he and Aikman are very good on football. I think he's good on baseball, too. That's me. Sorry. I know a lot of you can't stand him. And I ran into him a couple of times at NFL games and when it's the big game. You know, the he, he and Aikman are the number one team. And he's always been real nice, cool to me. I spoke with him for a few minutes, told him I was a big fan always there was one day where he had a cold and he was walking through he still stopped i didn't want you to get too close to me he was always nice to me man and he didn't have the big entourage a lot of my big entourage but whatever but even he was saying that he believes one day he is going to go back to do baseball but he wants to do it on a local level like with the cardinals or the he didn't say what team but not nationally because baseball is just so regional like where we're where where I'm living in Tampa Bay on TV it's Dwayne Stats. Dwayne Stats has been the only TV play-by-play voice of the Tampa Bay Rays or what they were the Tampa Bay Double Rays. He's the only he's the only voice. And you know, I can remember a couple of years ago when I was at a TV station locally and a couple of people, younger people, and oh, they were, oh man, and imitating his call and this and that, and he's done and da, 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 da. And I got to tell you, I've been, you know, when I listen to him now, he's been doing it so long. He worked with Harry Carey doing Cubs. He did Yankee games with Tony Kubek. These are names you probably haven't even heard of, and He has not lost a step. He sounds as good as ever. You know, there's sometimes when you hear some guys, there's a local talk show, news show host um, that I was on this past year. And I was really surprised when I heard, when when I came on, I came on as a guest, like his delivery had slowed down. So much, it was almost unrecognizable to me because I had not been listening. And I'm like, wow, I heard him two years ago. He sounded great. It's father time. Father time is going to catch up to all of us. But <clears throat> like Dwayne Stats, he's he's right on it. He sounds great. Doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't, doesn't screw up. I mean, maybe now and then. A great personality. Good guy. Loves where he lives. He lives in a high-rise condo overlooking out near Clearwater beach. I'll just clear I'll just leave it at that. And he thinks it's the, he said it's the best place in the country. He thinks it's the people just don't, don't know. And he's fine with that. But anyway, there's Dwayne stats now, you know, it's going to be strange and it's going to be different when his time is up and it's getting close. He's doing less road games this year and they're using the radio play by play guy, uh, you know to do some of those games when Dwayne is out but you got to have that familiar voice I do remember a couple of years ago Fox's Kevin Burkhart he is the number one guy at Fox for NFL games he's a New Jersey native he did my Joe Bucks fan podcast for me two years ago because I said hey I went to William Patterson College he is WPC can you do some with me I said sure because uh, I went there for two years after St. Leo, but anyway, he's fantastic. He does uh, national football and baseball, and he he did he did some raise games. He sounded fantastic. I mean, if you get a guy like that, sometimes you will get the national guy that's in the high, 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 uh, in the big spotlight. Will eventually, you know what? Want to just do one team? And live in one community and not have to go around the country and just, you know, lock in on that. Sometimes you get that. Gene, Gene Deckerhoff. Now, Gene Deckerhoff, man, I mean, he's got the enthusiasm and fire those cannons, touchdown Tampa Bay. And I, I don't do a good Gene Deckerhoff. He will make mistakes, but he's been making mistakes for the last 10 years, but he's Gene. And he's got the enthusiasm, and when you hear that voice, you know it. What about in your market, where you're living? You know, you get some younger uh, play-by-play guys. They got to grow on you. My friend, J.B. Long, was with the Rams. But it's kind of interesting, and I was just thinking about it. But just thinking also with the 162 games, man. You know, it's just you can't get too high. You can't get too low. And here's another thing. Now, this happened last week. This happened last week when I was covering the Buccaneers. Video surfaced. I don't know if I covered this on the last podcast. I don't think so. There were two passes. There was a pass from Baker Mayfield to a tight end that he overthrew him. No defense or anything. And there was one from Kyle Trask. He's he's battling Baker Mayfield for the starting quarterback role. And it was off the fingertips, I think, of the tight end, or at least it was. And it's like, oh, my God. That video, once you have video now, once you have video, you think that's how it is the whole time. People are like, oh, my God, how bad are the quarterbacks in Tampa? How bad is it down there? Pac-Man Jones was on... uh, a big time podcast and said, man, can't anybody throw the with Orlovsky? I think and he was, can't anybody throw a damn ball down there? Or hit the side of an ocean or something like that. Like, Oh my God. So I was there and that was during warmups. They're all getting used to one another. Some of these tight ends, they don't, uh, but okay. Not every quarterback is perfect. Every single practice, but it was on video. And that's the one video that the national media is using. And it is if Mayfield, Baker Mayfield can't hit the broadside of a barn. And I'm there during, when you can't shoot video on your phone, on your camera, they stop it, then they'll do seven on seven, seven offense against seven defense, and 11 on 11. That's what I like to watch. Again, it's underwear football. It's shorts and shirts and helmet and it's not hitting and it's not tackling and it's not real football, but it's as close as you can get. And both Mayfield and Trask were surprising the hell out of me. This offense is so different from a year ago. Brady would stand in the pocket and Yeah, Brady would get rid of it quick, but Brady was not going to be mobile, and Brady didn't want to get hit, but there was also no movement, no misdirection, no bootlegs, no jet sweeps, no anything. It was so slow and methodical, and it is a totally different defense under this new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales. Again, I don't want to get—I am not here— to get uh, two X's and O's on this because that that is not the Rock Stops Here podcast but I just can't help myself that it's funny how one video goes viral of Baker Mayfield overthrowing a tight end on a short pass with no defender and it's like Mayfield sucks so bad this quarterback situation is so bad and I'm here to tell you, I'm watching the entire practice. I'm there each week for these organized team activities, and both quarterbacks have impressed the hell out of me, and they're getting rid of it quick. You know, now I'm not. It's also it isn't. It it's underwear football. So I, I'm not going to get too high or too low. But it just cracks me up when you can see one one video, one viral video, and think that's how it is all the time, all day. You know, but again, you can't, and even Bowles said it, and I'm glad he did, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're not going to, you can't judge until you get getting game situations. Who's going to man up? When the chips are on the table and you got to drive 80 yards and you got a minute and 10 seconds with one timeout left or God, no timeouts left, how are you going to get down the field? And everybody knows you're going to pass. That's what I want to see. that's the leadership. Let me see how the players gravitate towards that guy. That's how we'll make a decision. You can't make a decision now. I have I have fallen to this over the years. I've been at uh, grapefruit League I, I've been at early spring training and I I've seen pitchers lights out striking out hitters in, in on the backfields. And these hitters are just trying to get adjusted to Major League pitching again. They haven't seen live pitching all winter back in their homes. If they're living up north and they might have a little uh, hitting off a tee or in a cage in their garage when it's snow outside and then they're coming down and facing pitchers that have been throwing in the heat or in the sun for weeks and then they're breaking off a slider or an Uncle Charlie. You know what I mean? Same thing for football. So again, guys, it's June. Let's just relax. That thirst for football, whether at college, NFL, I know, I know it's there. Let's just, we got to, we got to, we got to have our break. And then we have our summer vacation. It is summer vacation. How are you doing? With a daughter that's in school, going to be going into freshman year now. Unbelievable. Uh, it is summer vacation for me because I'm just so locked in. So right now, in in the morning, I'll be leaving for Los Angeles. And I'm going to meet my daughter and my wife, Mama, at LAX. And we are going to... I was going to say toodle around, but this is the Rock Stops here. Manly podcast. I can't say the word tootle. We're going to go around the good parts of LA i want to know what it's like my daughter so she's never been to los angeles she's 13 years old uh they want it she wants to see stars you know my wife is the same way so we'll hit beverly hills we'll hit a couple places do that but i want to see how much la has changed you know i've seen all the stories and reports and the homeless and the crime and everything and i want to see i want to see so i'll report back to you but they have been having a whale of a time and I've been a bachelor here for a couple of days. They've been having a whale of a time. Still trying to get things in order. We've moved, if you haven't followed this podcast. I got boxes upon boxes still. Still trying to sort things out. I had a lawn guy. See, if you're not living in Florida, like wherever you are, you do you still do Do you do your own lawn? You probably do. I did my own lawn when I first moved down here. And I remember I had a pickup truck, a Jeep not the not the nice fancy expensive Jeep pickup trucks you see now. I I'm jealous. I can't afford that. We we not, no, those are great. Uh, I had a basic Jeep black pickup. I bought it in Boulder, Colorado. I looked it up in the in the uh, for sale from the da- Denver, the Rocky Mountain News or something like that. Denver Post. How about that? That's how long ago. And I drove, and it was a bachelor and. A dude by himself, I think it was five, $6,000, no air conditioning, didn't need it in Colorado, loved it. Uh, when I moved here to Florida for a job and radio at 970 WFLA, I drove that thing from Denver to Tampa. I had a uh, pick a, a U-Haul, a little thing attached to the bumper, you know, the back bumper, I had my stuff. I, I got rid of my stuff. I didn't have much. And I loved it. And I remember bragging to everybody. I came here in, on January 1st. I was in Missouri on January 1st, 1994. And I remember bragging to everybody. I even wrote for some, uh, a sports magazine here. And I was like, I don't need air conditioning. You put your windows down. Yeah, yeah. The window. And I was here in January, February, March. Yeah, I was like, ah, I don't need to get a new vehicle. I don't need air conditioning. Oh, how long that last? <laughs> May? I don't even remember. So long ago. And I also, um, I was in an apartment, another apartment. I got my own first little house, small little house in St. Pete, right over the bridge. It was perfect for me at the time. Got myself a cheap lawnmower and I did my lawn. I cut my lawn you know, there's times now where I'll think, like, I feel good. I really don't feel much different, even though I'm 25 years older than when I first moved here. And uh, and then I, I realized, like, you know, I used to cut my own lawn. It is so hot down here in Florida. Now, through Ju- June, all of June, all of July, all of August, all of September... Most of October, finally relief, November. That's how I, that's me. That's how I look at it. And there are days when it's just so boiling. When you hear those guys pull up with the big riding lawnmower and they get out and they got the edger or one guy, two guy, whatever. And and you're inside and it's 94, 95, but 95% humidity. And it's going to and and you're like, it's worth every penny. It is worth every penny. And then I also had to call a call of service because I put down bad uh, lawn fertilizer and ruined my lawn. And it took me two damn years and it still was never the same. You can ruin your lawn down here. And so I had to do that because I got some chinch. I got these things coming in, blah, 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 blah. But I was just thinking like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm any older. I feel good. Thank God. Uh, but it's things like that. When I realized like I used to cut my lawn, I didn't even think twice. It wasn't like it was big, but I didn't even think twice. And I even my best friend, Whitney Johnson, who lived a couple of miles away in St. Pete, he was a bachelor. I was a bachelor. We hung out all the time. We just hung out all the time. His house, my house. And we didn't even need to go to a bar. Although we did, but we really just, you know, we hung, drank some beers, partied and had a good time. Maybe another guy over or two. And uh, he either his lawn it was something wrong with his lawnmower or he didn't for a while. I would just throw my lawnmower in the pickup. Boom, go over and mow his lawn. Because after that, I did have another pickup. I had a, I think I had a Dodge. I've had a Chevy. Yeah, I, I like to pick up back in the day. It was great. You could throw stuff in the back. It was fantastic. And I miss it. And um, I would do his lawn. And I remember somebody, and he, again, not a big yard. I did it several times. And I remember a couple of people say, man, you're doing it. Your friend's lawn? That is friendship. And I'm thinking, now? Would I do that now in this heat? <laughs> Whitney, you're still my friend. Hell No. <laughs> no. No, heck, the house that I'm in, the former owners did a fantastic job updating the inside of this house. Fantastic. You hear this? Brand new flooring all throughout. Oh my God. Bathrooms, new, fantastic. Did a lot. Great. I don't think this guy ever went outside though, ever. Ever. Because, man, I was raking, pulling weeds, things I in the back. Again, I got woods on the side. There's a horse farm in the back. It's natural. You can kind of let it go. You you know what I mean? Look out and it's kind of like woodsy. So that's okay. But I try to sit out there before it got real hot or there's a sunset where the sunset's coming down. It hits the trees nice and... And I sat out there, and you know, but the bugs start hitting you. And like when you got so many leaves and so much growth, and it hasn't been attended to, you got bugs, man. You got a lot of bugs. And just so the other day, and I've been putting it off. You know, one of those things. I'm like, oh, and it's already hot, and like, oh, oh, I gotta get to it. I gotta get to it. I gotta get to it. Today's the day. So you get out there, sweating my bizalls off. And I'm pulling and I'm weeding and I'm raking and I'm chomping. I'm cutting down branches and things that have overgrown this and that. And I'm getting boom, boom. I'm getting bit, bit, bit. And I got one big welt, a bite on the back of my neck. And then for like three days, that's been bothering me. Trying to put the anti-itch stuff on it and this and that. And my legs are all you know, got the marks and the bites and everything. But all in all, I'm very honored to own property in a beautiful section of northern Pinellas County. And it's in the school district where my daughter's going to be going to high school. and my, But it's very close to that. My wife is happy. My daughter is happy. We're trying to get settled. And all in all, I do like. And I, I would rather... I swear, I would rather do take care of this natural little woodsy backyard than I would a pool. Taking care of a pool is just, to me, is just not fun. Constantly going to get the chlorine or the tablets. Constantly trying to upkeep it clean all the time. And I I would rather be working in, like, nature now here I said that I've only done the thing once (laughs) and I've been I need to do more and since I've I'm waiting for the the swelling is going down now baby I can feel it on the back of my neck uh so maybe I'll get back out there but all in all I'm like you know what Who, who really wants to deal deal with that or get hit with that hit with that hit with that hit with that all right let's see what else is cooking so I thank you to Steve Phillips We'll keep doing the baseball. I'm going to be going, like I said, I'm going to give it a little break. I'm thinking about tweaking this podcast. We shall see. I know I am good at getting guests and usually some very good guests, as you well know. So I always want to keep that, um, but we will see. Let me see what else. There's a couple of things that I jotted down. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's really cool? When... You meet somebody, whether it's a chance encounter, whether it's at work, whether it's socially at a party, at a bar, whatever. Usually to me, it's at work. Uh, And then you may not, you know, it might be a short period of time. And then you really don't interact with that person for years. And they remember that you were cool to them. And come back around years later. And appreciate it. Bring it up. And may even be helping you out. And that's the situation. It, it, it came up once again uh, last week. His name is Jeff Zito. He's a local classic rock DJ. uh, He's also the program director for a classic rock station in Tampa Bay, 987 The Shark. And he, he is also a podcaster. He started a podcast. It's a little similar, little similar on the concept that I have on how the rock stops here. How did you make it to the top in broadcasting and media, being a player, a coach? And what about after that? His he's got a great title. It's called Celebrity Jobber. Now, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you know what the term jobber is. You jobber. You, You you you. What are you, a jobber? What are what what are you a hanger on? What are what what are you a kiss ass? What are you? What are you? A big fanboy? What are what what are you a jobber? <laughs> That's what a jobber is. And then celebrity, he gets incredible guests. Music industry, entertainment industry. He just started very successful and it's taken off. And so now and then he may comment. We spoke on the phone one time. His son is playing college baseball. Uh, division three was division two. Doesn't matter. He's playing college baseball. Uh, a school in Alabama. He was out of the Sarasota area. I think it was was it Venice? Very very good. He's got a great swing. Now my son never. I would throw the throw to him. We'd make it fun. He's naturally coordinated, but it just wasn't his thing. That's fine because I spend so many hours on baseball fields from playing, from covering baseball. I'm fine. I don't mind being in a female-oriented family now where my daughter is in musical theater, cheer, cheer. Uh, that type of thing, performances. I love it because it breaks it up. Variety, honestly, is the spice of life. You don't want to just have one thing all the time. So I'm loving it. I'm loving this phase now with a daughter and a wife and it's all like, uh, you know, fun female things that I'm not used to. Now there's another side to it, and there's, uh, (laughs) but uh, but overall, like I like it. It's given me a new perspective on life. Going to these performances in theaters, watching my daughter, seeing her, being around her friends, the camaraderie they support one another. It is beautiful. And a little thing, she just made the JV cheerleading team for next year. They already had tryouts. Just school just ended and they arranged you could send in a video, but you know how that is. There's three days of tryouts and there's a lot of girls trying out and even my wife was stressed out because you wanted to start off on a good note, but hey man, there's going to be disappointment. So if you don't make it, you know, it's life, but it's easier for me to say that as the dad, you know, and so she went and I could say she was practicing her jumps she was doing routines. she's got these facial facial expressions, you know, unbelievable. she's good at that. and we got the word. And do you know how they found you know how you find out now in high school like if you made a team, it's posted on Instagram. It was posted on Instagram on a Thursday night at 6 pm. And sure enough, 559 6 pm. 601 boom. They post it if you make the team. It used to be a list. Were you like me, where you would go to the gym, and it would be on a maybe on a wall or on a board or on a on a uh, glass, and it would be taped up and it would be handwritten or printed, or maybe it would be typed out. Uh, who made the team? And uh, I heard her scream. And I made the team. I made the team, the cheerleading team, just JV cheerleading team. Freshmen and sophomores are JV, and then junior senior be varsity. And like it was, I, we all were here, and our dog was barking and waving, wag, wagging her tail because she could see it was joy, even though they were screaming the girls. And it's like little things like that, like I really, really enjoy. And she worked at it, and I could tell she was into it, and she got it. Now she's gonna start off her high school career cool on a team. Like, I just love that stuff. I, 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 it's just really, really, really cool. So anyway, so it's the little things. So Jeff Zito and I were part-timers, part-timers on a, a station that did not make it. There was a sports station. I, I, I was on, had been on the main station for years and I was doing a Saturday show. And I was five years full, uh, five years full time, five years part time because I was TV full time. So I was doing part time radio and full time TV, and um, and then my sponsorship ran out. Budweiser I had, and then uh, a, a a barbecue place, and it ran out. And so I was actually looking for new sponsors. It was hard to get, and I was doing. And this new station said, "We'll pay you," and I said, "You know what? Let me go over there." Now, sometimes hindsight, hindsight, 2020, this station did not make it. They were on FM. They sounded pretty good. I said, what the heck? What the heck? Give it a shot. And they didn't make it. But this Jeff Zito had been a rock jock and a morning co-host, very successful in Fort Myers. I think he knew the PD, wanted to dabble into sports talk. And so he was there. And uh, I don't know. I just, I liked him. I liked him. I could tell. He's a good guy. He's entertaining. He knew radio. You could tell. And I liked him. And I guess I was good to him. The few times we, we, we bullshitted. And he remembered that. He remembered that. And then, I don't know, maybe a year ago, He said he started, he likes the podcast. He really likes the podcast and he likes, he likes the interviews, but he also liked the stories. Wanted to hear more about my wife and my daughter and this and that, because I don't know. I don't know what works and what doesn't, you know? I I understand you're coming to a podcast because you like that host. Uh, So I don't know how much I should put in. But anyway, one day he's like, well, let's... We'll call each other or something. We did. I asked him about his son because I've been following the progress. That's what's good. There's good and bad about social media. But it is kind of good where if there's somebody you like and that like his son played baseball, I'm following from video or what he's posting. And I feel like I'm following the son's progression in baseball. And it's kind of neat. And so we talked for a little bit and that was it. And then the other day he direct messaged me, been listening to the podcast. We're talking about a few different things. Why don't we get a beer? I said, I would love that, Jeff, because I'm noticing the amount of downloads he is getting for Celebrity Jobber. It's incredible. I'm like, wow, he's wow. He is so successful out of the gate. This is incredible. And he's still at the state radio station. I'm doing a couple of different things. We're both in the area. Why not? And so that's what we did. And I wish I could have stayed longer and drank more beers and hung, but I still had a 35-minute drive. And two, that's about it. We spaced it out. We had some wings and just shot the shit. And, and he said, I remember that you were good to me. You were good to me. And a lot of people weren't saying much to me, and you were. And I always remember that. And I'm like, wow, that, that I, isn't that something? something? That's what I'm saying. You never know. Like, it can be just a little thing, you know? And again, just be, be good to people. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You're not going to be friends with everybody. There's going to be people. People that you don't like. People that are jag off. Stay away from them. Don't go near them. It's like when I go on my feed now, and I see some like terrible, terrible video where it's brutal fight, or it might be somebody gonna even possibly shoot somebody or somebody. Like I scroll right past that. Like I'm not into seeing that. Now, sometimes I'll admit, yes, it's like going through a, you know, when you're going through an accident, you you always you're always looking over, you're always looking over, and there's one a couple of times like oh maybe I'll watch this fight, you know on my feed, and but if it's really gonna be brutal or something's really, I can sense it, just go past it, I don't wanna see that, you know what I mean, just the same thing in person, somebody's a real jag off, I'm going the other way, no need, no stinking need, and I'll tell you another story, and I think I've told it before on here, a couple of years back, I was looking to get that shot, You know, go to a network. Fox Sports 1 started, FS1. And a guy that used to work in Tampa a long, long, long time ago named Rob Stone. He was known for his soccer hosting, soccer knowledge, passion. That was his thing. Although he knows all sports and he did college football, sideline on ESPN, He's done all kinds of different reporting, good-looking guy, good guy, blonde-haired guy, good guy, and he got into Fox Sports 1 when they were just starting. And I believe, I reached out, I think I reached out, and I said, hey, I'm going to a junket, one of these movie junkets in Los Angeles. Uh, I wonder if there's somebody I could talk to, man at FS1. And so Rob said to me, he said, I remember when I first came to Tampa, he was working at this little place called channel 44. They had news sports weather and he was there with another guy, Pat. Pat has since been killing it in Chicago. Uh, as a sports anchor, reporter, he even went to ESPN. He went to ESPN News. Robert had been to ESPN. But these guys were at Little Channel 44 in Tampa. And he said, You came over to me at uh, the Bucks. We were covering practice or something and introduced yourself and were nice to me. I don't even remember it. And he's like, I'll never forget that. And so here's the name of the guy you want to talk to at Fox Sports and tell him you know me, J- Mr. Ullman. And this guy is a head, head, head honcho. He is the biggie. And so I reached out through email. And I mentioned the name Rob Stone. I said, I'm coming into Los Angeles for a movie junket on this day. If you're around, is there any chance that I could maybe stop by Fox Studios and say hello? He emailed me back. And he said, yes, I will give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. Does this time work? Yes. Here's my secretary's name, uh, my my associate or whatever. Arrange it through her. I was like, holy crap. And it was unbelievable. I was like, oh, my God. I, w- I couldn't believe it. I was in Publix at a deli, at the deli. When I looked down on my phone and saw it and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to interview at Fox Sports in Los Angeles where Howie and Jimmy and, and, and all the guys do the do the shows on Sunday and the Fox Studios and the lot and everything. And I'm like, wow. And it was incredible, man. I mean, I went way, away, way early. I got a cab. I got to the drop me off at the guard gate you had to give your license and all that. And I was on campus and I was there way early. And I went to their cafeteria. It's their damn restaurant. And they got the couple, I think. And then I remember going to the big, all oh, big glass buildings. Huge, beautiful. And I could look over and see where they shoot some, uh, they have a fake, uh, like a Western set or a city set and this and that. And there's so many people that are walking around, all you know, young people and it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I remember I got there early and and I heard the, uh, I went out, I said, I'm here to see Mr. Jacob Ullman, Rock Riley, da-da-da, and he said, you're, he'll see you at the time, you're here early. I said, oh, 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 I was like, oh my God, did I do the wrong thing? You know what I mean when you have a big, oh my God, did I piss him off? No, and he came down, Rock, how you doing? Went up and he said to me, he goes, I'm talking, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you because if Rob stone says you're a good guy, then you're a good guy. And that's why I'm, I'm here to listen to you and talk to me and interview me. How about that? How about that? So in this day and age of all social media and all that, it ends up coming down to again. Are you a good person? That's your first in. Now, after that, you got to take the ball and run with it. But that's how I got the interview. And it was, there was nothing open at the time. They had just brought over Colin Coward. I mean, this is a couple of years ago. Um, they were doing some things, doing some things. And then they had a few cutbacks, you know, so the timing. But I've seen him since. I've seen this Mr. Ullman at the Super Bowl. I've seen him at the Super Bowl party. I've seen him at the NFL owners' meetings. Uh, I've seen him at the Fox when they brought them out. Blah, blah, blah. He's always been good to me and always said, hey, I wanted to pitch him on something, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, the time might have passed. But anyway, it, it, that's my point. Like, thank you, Jeff. I, I really cherish that. You're a, you're a good man. I wish you. We'll help each other along the way, hopefully. Um, Rob is stone is still, I remember he, I thanked him. I, I sent him a text or an email afterwards and said, thank you very much. And he goes, I'll tell you this. I know you're all hyped, but if you want to live here in Los Angeles, you're going to be in for sticker shock. Now this was back years ago, maybe eight years ago, seven years ago, you're going to be in for some sticker shock on what, how the cost of living is here compared to Tampa Bay. But now Tampa Bay is very, very expensive. Still not California price. I'll let you know. I'm going to be out in LA. I'm going to give you the full report on the next podcast. So listen, I thank you. Thank you to my guests to come on. The rock stops here. How did you make it to the top? Uh, and it all comes down to being a good person, man. That's the number one thing. Don't be a jag off, right? That's the theme. That's the theme. Don't be a Karen. Don't don't get on a viral video for the wrong reason. <laughs> don't get on video. What they used to be all saying and bad publicity is good publicity. And there's no such thing as bad publicity. I don't know about that. I'm starting to change my tune on that. It depends. All right, guys, listen. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it, as always. And I'll talk to you next week, next Tuesday. And you know what? Subscribe. Hit it. Hit it for me. Subscribe. That'll help out a little bit. And uh, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right? Stay strong.